0: This is really, uh, my goodness. I I think people should watch it and not.
1: um, I'm see when you say that it makes me want to watch it, but then I I, I'm. hmm.
0: I I understand why people don't want to watch it. I absolutely understand why people would not want to watch it. At the same time, people who. Choose not to watch it are giving viewpoints on the film and I've made that mistake uh, a few times and have been called out about it rightfully so uh, in order to make a viewpoint that someone's lying you actually do need to watch it I think given that some you has done the research on it I think you can say you know, they are lying based on things they've done in interviews they've given but in terms of the film itself, if you do not know the content of the film, you can't talk about the film. And there are several reasons why I have chosen to look at the film. And it's not because of any type of curiosity. I know that's why people said, I want to see the film because I'm curious. I had no curiosity about it. I didn't particularly have an interest in seeing what they had to say because I already knew based on interviews etc what they were going to say and we are doing a part three of this I don't even know if you can call it a special episode but <laughs> we'll call it that. so this is the third part where we're discussing leaving Neverland our first two parts oh my goodness so the first part was discussing the news of the the film being released on BBC4, or Channel 4, excuse me, and HBO, and it was released on Sundance. Our second discussion, it was actually being aired, and our frustrations with that. This, I actually watched both parts and the Okra interview. I... Ugh, so, I... I am a supporter of Michael Jackson. I have to say, this is the very reason I cannot call myself a fan of Michael Jackson, and I never have called myself a fan of Michael Jackson. And I will continue to call myself a student of Michael Jackson for the very reasons I've been saying on this podcast. For me, him being a teacher is a group of lessons of what to and what not to do. And this, uh, I think people listening to this You know, if you are a fervent fan of Michael Jackson, you're probably going to be upset at what I say. If you hate Michael Jackson, you're listening to this. You still might hate what I have to say. I do not, in any way, shape, or form, think that Michael Jackson is a pedophile. He he was mentally ill. I know it's not right to diagnose people. It's very clear he was mentally ill, and we've discussed this in many forms on this podcast as well. He needed some help. He never got help. It was very clear in watching, I refuse to call it a documentary because it was extremely one-sided. I know a lot of documentaries are one-sided because they explore someone's life. But if you're talking about a particular thing that happens to people and you do not get the other side, you cannot call it a documentary what happened in the final aspects of both parts was they had the opposition. So the very last uh, scene in the first part was text saying that Macaulay Culkin and Brett Barnes uh, were emphatically (laughs) stating to this day that Michael Jackson did not do anything to them. What would have been powerful is if Dan Reed said, hey, you know, I'm doing this documentary about these two individuals that said Michael did these things to them. I know you said he did nothing. Can we get a statement from you if it's audio, if it's video, if it's just you want to send me a note? But he didn't do that. And the the last 10 minutes of the second part showed Thomas Mesereau, showed uh, seriously crazed fans so the whole point of the movie is to show how crazed Michael fans are. The, the movie puts Michael fans in a terrible light that they will believe anything he does because he's Michael Jackson. Uh, so it's an angle that is, uh, has no journalistic integrity. And um, the Oprah interview mm. Oprah Winfrey and (laughs) Wade Robson are good. They understand manipulation tactics very well. And uh, what Dan Reed says, uh, what is the journalistic value of interviewing someone who said Michael was a really nice guy? The thing is, the very subjects of the movie said that Michael was a nice guy. They said that all throughout there, like I love him, and I want to protect him, and I know he's a nice guy, he was sorry, but he did these bad things. What's the difference between that and interviewing someone who was in his camp? If y'all are claiming he hung out with all these kids, this series of kids, interview some of those kids, because it might give you some kind of link, even though people are saying, no, he didn't do anything, but it might give you some kind of clue as to the psychology of Michael Jackson, and I really think, to me, this was an examination of the psychology of Michael Jackson. I know people were saying, well, it's not really about Michael Jackson, which is what Oprah Winfrey was saying, but it really is about Michael Jackson. The movie is about how Michael Jackson was a serial molester and child rapist. So how can you say that the movie is not about Michael Jackson? That makes no sense to me. There was, uh, I, I can't even repeat some of the stuff they were saying. There was a scene in the first one. I don't know why people are saying the second part was more disturbing. The first part was more disturbing. And there was a particular incident that Wade Robson described, and he described it. And I watched this on my phone. I usually watch things on my laptop, but it, it, if I watch any kind of videos, it cuts off after while. So I watched this on my phone. And he describes the scene and I threw the phone down and I almost threw up. That is how sick the incident he's describing was. I, I just, I kept just gagging and just, I, I had to take some time. Like I, I couldn't watch the movie uh, for a good 10 minutes. And this was a, mm, I, I don't know. It, 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 it was absolutely disturbing and disgusting what he described and the majority of the second movie, like he, there was a, a, about a good, you know, 20 seconds he talked about something. But the rest of the movie was, oh, you know, Michael Jackson took us to all these places. So the first half of that movie was where they focused on the disturbing aspects of Michael's behavior. And it's really hard for me to talk about ugh, because it's just absolutely disgusting what they described. So what I took from this is once again michael was mentally ill and i think his mental illness derived from him never getting help for his trauma uh it's very clear some of the things they said in the movie it it was more than evident to me that he never got help for his trauma i have maintained that before watching this and to me it was more than evident after watching this i wrote so many notes uh there was a a part where the robson family was staying with him but wade robson apparently was in this hotel room with him or it was either hotel room yeah because they he was touring or something wade robson wakes up and he hears somebody sobbing in the corner and just cowering in the corner and it's michael jackson just sobbing saying um don't leave me you're all gonna leave me and there were a lot of things like that and one of the things that uh i wrote some stuff down but he said your paper's number one here oh my goodness uh so he says he writes this note Actually, to Joy Robson, and he calls himself Applehead, which he calls himself Applehead to many people. The way they describe it is if he only called himself that to them, but he called his kids Applehead and head and all that. So it's not like, you know, it's like, oh, we were the only one. No. And what he said was, yesterday I felt like walking the streets alone, begging someone to talk to me the agony of my loneliness really hurts sometimes love ah or applehead and uh so I, I, and he said things like this in interviews and uh so it's very clear he never got help and well, the other thing i felt when watching this is he had a lot of resentment for his family i don't know if he hated his family necessarily but i think he felt some kind of way and he talked in interviews about you know how his family always wanted money from him he talked about that in the uh when he was talking to shmuley botayak and then glenda stein so he talked about how he had risks with his family and he kind of pulled apart from his family in a lot of ways because he felt they were trying to use him the other thing i noticed is And we've talked about this in episodes about patriarchy and so forth. There was this claim that Michael particularly didn't like women. However, because of the society we all live in, particularly in the U.S., he felt a need to be involved with women because that's just the way society forces you to be. And so he married Lisa Marie Presley. It was like, this is something I have to do because, you know, have to be with a woman and what I noticed (laughs) at the end of the movie it all came down to to the whole thing being the woman's fault so was that uh sort of ingrained in everybody that well you know you have these stage mothers they wanted their kids to be happy but they also wanted to be a part of it Uh, everybody was like yeah it was our mother took us apart from our family because of Michael Jackson, yes, it was his fault, but ultimately it was the woman's fault. And I, I wonder if that's a subconscious thing. If, if Michael really did tell them that, I wonder if it was. Just, I really do wonder if it was subconscious. I think, on Michael's part, I've mentioned this before. This is I'm not saying anything new. I think he did have issues with women. I think. He talked about how his mother was perfect and he loved his mother. But I really do think he felt his mother left him let him down, particularly uh, during the victory tour. He didn't want to do that tour. And she coerced him into doing it. It was as if, you know, I can't even trust my mother to back me up. Like, I do not want anything to do with this tour. But now she's coercing me. And I think for him, that was the fine line. And also with women were the cause of his father sort of uh breaking apart the family quote-unquote and getting with someone and having Giovanni and of course they raised into Giovanni so I think he did have issues issues with women in a lot of ways and that did play out uh, with his relationship with boys and, of course, being mentally young, it's like, ew, girl. Ew. So I think there's a lot of nuances at play that people are not discussing when it comes to this film. I think we've already maintained that Michael's relationships with children were inappropriate. Like, There's no way around that. The, uh, the way fans defend that, y- y'all got to stop it. Y'all got to stop it. This movie, there was a lot of truth to it. And it's not, nothing was new under the sun about this movie. All you can do is look at the court transcripts. Like a lot of that stuff's already there. The stuff that's been covered, it's been there. Nothing new is happening in this movie. They're banking on uh, the fact that people didn't read the transcripts. They're banking on the fact that people do not know Michael Jackson's history or um, Robson or Safechuck's history to me that was very clear. So I think Dan Reed, he clearly he was very like he knew nothing about Michael Jackson. He said this in the Oprah interview. It is very clear he didn't he did nothing. The way it was framed, like you saw photographic evidence. Again, I've seen these photos, I've seen these videos, and I always thought it was weird, but that's based on my perspective. I've I've always thought it was inappropriate. I don't see the pedophilia thing, given again, the court transcripts, all this stuff, the search at all those places. And, but the way they framed it, yo, if I did not do any research about the trials, if I did do any research about Robson and Safechuck, I would have literally been doing this podcast right now and you would have heard some flames. I would have been burning every single Michael Jackson item. That is how convincing this documentary was. And that is why I think when you go into watching this, you got to be as objective as possible. You have to do your homework on it. Like you can't go in already being like, well, I thought Michael Jackson was weird. So, of course, he did it.
1: Well, that's what most people are going to do. I I, mean, just based off of you saying that, if you most people are not going to do the research, who wants to stay at home and do research? Right. Who that's Mm -hmm. unless you're invested in it, Uh there's no reason. There's no real reason to say, you know what, let me see what let me get to the bottom of it. Unless you have an inkling, unless you know the pathology of a liar and a psychopath, you're not going to go out of your way to say, huh, let me look at the 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 trial. You're just going to accept the emotional appeal. Which is, again, why you say it works. This is why Oprah and Dan Reed and Robson and Safechuck are using emotions, because those are the things that we all feel. It's sometimes registered by an inkling that we get in our bellies, intuition, suspicions that we have already had before. And this is just the catapult. This is basically the the last needle and the haystack for people to be like, ha, here it is. Here it is. This confirms it. This is it. And that's unfortunately... It seems to be the case now. I just wanted to mention that, but continue.
0: But it's just as bad with the fans. Uh, The fans, if you are emphatic that this film is terrible and it's defaming Michael Jackson, you should watch it. And I think the same thing with the court case. I don't think it worked in that case because people were like, no! It really is giving you a psychological analysis of Michael Jackson. The man needed help. Uh, we've already talked about this. His relationship with kids should not have happened in the way that it happened. And it got him into this position where now people are accusing him of doing these particular things. And why I think he understood all of that is because there's a scene where Joy Robson was it. it was either Joy Robson or um, Jimmy Safe Trust's mother. Yeah, it was Wade Robson. So Joy Robson is talking about how she said Michael told her, you know, you need to talk to your son about holding hands with me because you know what the public thinks of that. So he already understood society's perception of his relationship with kids. And yet he still went ahead and did that. That is problematic then you get to the Bashir thing which I I'm the fact that Michael Jackson was convinced by the producers to hold hands with Gavin Arvizu. Like how how do you let yourself get roped into that understanding that people's perceptions of you is already that you're a pedophile. So I, I I'm just like wow. 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 Which really also confirms me watching this that Michael Jackson did have narcissistic tendencies i think it, like what uh happened with his father did rub up on him in a little way and that that's not surprising but i think more so than having mpd which i think his father had i think he was just really overcompensating for his low self esteem which is like dude get some help get some that, that's the only thing I get like if I had to say a few words like, if somebody's like okay I have a few seconds to talk to you about this thing when you I would have said Michael get some help uh, because I, I, he he used some kids up and when they were saying okay he found this new kid he found Macaulay Culkin he found Brett Barnes I do think there's truth to that uh, and I think they, you know, exaggerated by saying, like, oh, he did this and that, because they uh, they probably read the Victor Gutierrez book, as well as, I think they went more to the transcripts than anything, but the Victor Gutierrez book, when, the, when um, Safe Check was saying, he was my lover and my best, I'm like, dude, re- re- really? It was just very disturbing, uh, and then... Saying, oh, I, I wanted to be like father and son, but if it's like father and son, how can if if your father is a good father, how can you also describe him as a lover? So I'm I'm just trying to figure that out, and I can't get into the brain of someone who was abused in that way. The other reason I chose to watch it is because of what Corey Feldman said. A lot of people are calling him now, calling him out now, because back and forth you've been back and forth with Michael he said you know over the years I have defended Michael and I watched this movie and I can't really defend him anymore I'm also not going to judge him he did not do any of those things to me so he's still emphatic that it didn't happen to him but he said you know those things that happened to me at the hands of other people and the things they were describing matched what happened to me My whole thing is I can't say Corey Feldman is wrong or right in that. Like he experienced that thing. He's been consistent. Everything he said over the years has been consistent. He said Michael Jackson didn't do anything to to me and these other dudes did stuff to me. He revealed who did stuff to him to the cops but they didn't want to hear it because they were focused on Michael Jackson. And then I think in the book he wrote, he did talk about who did it and now he's making a film or something like that. So now people are saying, who paid you off? Now you're not defending Michael. It's like, you can't take that away from him. You can't, just because he doesn't defend Michael in the way you want him to defend, you can't now be like, oh, okay, you've turned from Michael. These are very serious claims and you can't, like now you're gonna quote victim blame someone who's experienced that. Again, I don't think Michael did any of those things. I do not see sufficient evidence of that, even with these two talking about what he did. But I'm not going to be like, Corey Feldman, oh, you're a traitor to Michael Jackson. Like, To me, that's disrespectful to his experiences. I can't say I agree with everything Corey Feldman says. But stop doing this idol worship. Corey Feldman is now put in a position where he's defended this person for so many years. And now he watches this documentary and he's being triggered by his own experiences and now you're you're expecting him to be like, "Oh well like no, no while I again looking at all the evidence I don't see sufficient evidence and looking at the patterns of Safe Chuck and Robson, I don't think what they're saying is true. I'm not going to." I'm really not gonna yell at people who think Michael did this. I just, I just really can't. And this is also based on my own experiences of being a survivor of abuse, of sexual assault, um, of being a child of a uh, narcissist, of narcissists, uh, being a sibling of narcissists. I'm seeing a lot of these patterns, and and watching this actually triggered me. And I know what happened to me. It took. Year like I was in my 30s before I started talking about it and I didn't tell my mother what happened to me until this year and she said the same thing why didn't you tell me and I couldn't explain why I couldn't tell her I was just like well all the stuff that happened to me as a kid and all the abuse I didn't think that you were going to believe me like that was my response to her so you can't tell somebody what's in their minds, (laughs) being like, well, now I don't know what to believe. And so somebody listening to me be like, well, you could say the same thing about Robson and Safechuck. That is true. However, there is sufficient evidence that they came out with these stories and and be like, oh, I'm gonna get mine or whatever. And I want to read what Charles Thompson said, because to me, that is like (laughs) evidence of them fabricating these situations and what Oprah Winfrey asked do you think you could do it uh do this film if michael was still here i rewound it a few times just paying attention to their responses and i that's i really think that this is weighing on safe chuck's conscience i really do i think robson is so much of a sociopath that he's just like you know well, <laughs> I, I, I just, I, I don't know. I'm not saying they didn't get abused. I don't know their situations. I, again, i am just looking at this particular case with Michael Jackson. And uh, I'm not seeing sufficient evidence. I'm seeing more than sufficient evidence that the man needed some help. I think, uh, 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 I it's really, it's really difficult for me to talk about. And I just, I feel like the Bashir interview was the first part of this whole thing. I feel like if you want to really see the psychology of Michael Jackson, you got to watch the Bashir interview and then watch this thing. There is a pattern i know i'm going all over the place but i literally just finished watching
1: all of this i'm like oh uh but i think that's the best way to talk about it really because it gives you know various angles that you're coming from so i think it matters that it's like this it's not that from what i've read the documentary or mockumentary whatever you want to call it is chronological but they they definitely um from what it just seems from what you're saying they're very descriptive
0: yeah and it's not the whole thing isn't graphic descriptions of of rape it's not it's very like that's not even the majority of the movie but the parts where they do describe it it's just so visceral as i said i literally threw the phone down and almost had to throw up it was like whoa, whoa, whoa. I, that's exactly i was just like whoa, 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 what did you just say i i i i And I I think that's the kind of stuff um, that happened to Michael Jackson. If indeed Michael Jackson did do this, like, let's keep her... Come on. Again, I don't think he did it. But if he did this, I think he's repeating the behaviors that happened to him. And somebody... Somebody, whatever... Michael Jackson took that with him to his grave. I think the fact that... He consistently hung out with these little boys. And the thing that, the the, the, psych, psycho, the psychological aspect of this as well, because he says to Wade Robson, so Wade Robson gets a perm so he can have curly hair and be like Michael Jackson. And so Michael Jackson says, um, it's like looking in the mirror. This is a reflection of myself. What? I wrote it down. And notes are all over the place. But, um yeah he said something to the effect of it's it's like looking in the mirror uh and i really think people go oh that's you know the grooming or whatever i don't think that's the grooming part i think for him he had so missed his childhood the part of the childhood before he got uh thrust out into the spotlight so when he was just performing and just having fun, but then was like, okay, throw on the spotlight. And I think he saw Wade Robson just having fun, but it was in relation to Michael. So his ego, of course, is being lifted. Uh, and uh, he's just like, that's like looking at myself. And I really think that's him just going, wow, this adult life is, not uh, <laughs> what it's cracked out to be. I, I don't want to be here. And I'm living vicariously through a child, which is disturbing. You're a 35-year-old man. You should not be living vicariously through a child. This is the problem. People either say he was his pedophile or that's it, or he wasn't. Like, no one is really talking about those gray areas. Like, it's just, you know, and that's really sad to say. Am I still a Michael Jackson supporter? Yes. Until I see sufficient evidence that he has harmed any kid physically or any, or whatever. But I think, uh, you know, if that's the case, then we shouldn't support Marvin Gaye or like we shouldn't support anybody because if they beat their partners or their kids. You know, so Joy rosser was like, oh, I'm going to move my, my son and my daughter to California. I'm just going to leave my husband and who was diagnosed as bipolar and ended up committing suicide because it, his family, uh, you know, his family was now broken apart because the stage mom. And, uh, you know, did Michael Jackson break up their family? I wouldn't put that on Michael Jackson. You know, like, well, you know, if you want to come to Australia and help us with our, my son's career, that's fine. But we're not up and a moving to California because of you like that's the decision Joy Robson had to make so I am not putting that on Michael she chose the life that uh she wanted I guess <laughs> and she you could see her as living vicariously through her son as well and uh Chantel and Wade and Joy they all decided to move to California and uh, the older son and the father stayed behind and the father struggled the father struggled massively with that a lot of people be like oh no tell that story but i think is if you're gonna have a narrative uh, that's a crucial part of their story and so i don't blame them for putting that in <laughs> like, come on because you have to build this story to make people more sympathetic and i think that if, if you're gonna have one of the crucial aspects of the story i think it is because it shows how blind people are by celebrity and idol worship. That's exactly what that was. And Michael understood that. He was a marketing guy. He understood how to manipulate his image. He understood how to manipulate situations in his favor. And so there was the part where he's asking Joy Robson if Wade can live with him for a year. And I actually kind of believe that. I like <laughs> oh, I don't know if that's true, but, but I feel like that's something Michael would ask. Be like, "Oh, can you know, can can you come live with me for a year?" And she was like, "Absolutely not," which I'm like, "Good on you." <laughs> she claims he said "I always get what I want," which is the the narcissism coming out if he actually did say that. And <laughs> she's like, "Okay, you're not that this time. You're not getting what you want." But then. The scene after that, he makes a video for Wade Robson. He says, and I wrote it down, but it's uh <laughs> it says, hello, Wade. Congratulations, little one. Today is your birthday. I don't celebrate birthdays, of course, but I thought I would take this moment to say congratulations on the day that you were born. And in my opinion, you should spend this day with your mother and your father who conceived you. And when he says, conceived you, his eyebrows are raised. And you should be giving them the presents. And he laughs a little bit. Ah, and being thankful that they brought you into the world. And the future is yours and you can do whatever you want. So congratulations. I love you. Goodbye. He says it just like that. So a lot of the messages he's given to Wade Robson and James Stachuk and the faxes he gave the Robsons are... Not unlike other messages he's given other people, for them to say, "Well, he's focused just on us." I, I, that's not true, because he's given the same messages over and over and over to people. He calls himself Applehead to other people, calls himself doo-doo head to other people. Uh, I love you, and all of it. That's not any different from things he's done with other people. So maybe the relationship they had. He did say, you're the only one. They did say that. But I, I don't, I don't know. There was the audio where uh, James Safechuck is giving the interview. I think it's Chuck. And uh, uh, he's at, Michael's asked, uh, so what's the best part of our trip? And he says, oh, you know, being with you. And then he says, the so rest of the thing. And So one of the other reasons I don't think he's targeting children sexually (laughs) is he did include the family in a lot of situations. And it's like, well, you can come with us and you cannot come with us. So he did produce these opportunities. Did you want to come with us or not? But then there's the situations where he's like, can he come live with me for a year? And that's what incriminates Michael with things like that. It's just like, oh, why would you do stuff like that? Because now that's really <laughs> making you look guilty. So a lot of this he did on himself. And I'm going to maintain I don't see any evidence of him sexually abusing children. You can't deny he put a lot of this on himself. There's no way you can deny that. And, oh, uh, <laughs> gosh. Yeah. Um, so uh, other thing that convinced me about the lack of therapy in his life, because he told Wade Robson, you have to shove your feelings so you're not vulnerable. What happens when you go see a therapist? You have to display some amount of vulnerability. So I think it was ingrained in him either through how he was raised or what whether they go, "Oh, black people, should they don't need therapists. So, I mean, that might have been a cultural thing for him it might have been the jehovah's witness thing for him i don't know you have to show your feelings so you're not vulnerable and yet he was one of the most vulnerable people publicly i'm wondering what that was about i really think a lot of what they were saying was true and i i don't think that's something a lot of fans want to hear um you, you could, uh, from my perspective, tell when they were lying. They would look over to the side and just pause. And for effect, like a lot of stuff was for effect. And then when they said the, the smoking gun, they had a close-up. And, I mean, it was a film. And uh, <laughs> so, you'd be like, oh, he did this. Boom. You know, and, and there were some things they said. It was just like, yeah, there's a lot of fabrication here. I think... The fans really need to pause and stop saying, you know, he didn't have a childhood. Um, He wouldn't hurt anybody. He wanted to be like Jesus. All of that. Stop saying that. Stop it. And uh, uh, of course, the other thing they showed was uh, all the photos everywhere. So, so, yeah, I, I, like, again, tinges of narcissism. But the thing about the narcissist, like when you have NPD, you don't care if you hurt people or not. I think Michael was concerned whether or not he hurt people. And I, I think he spent a lot of his time wondering whether or not he hurt people. So I, I wouldn't declare him as having NPD at all. Again, being a survivor of narcissistic parents and family members. I don't see NPD in Michael, but I see someone who really put this image of himself as larger than life, which narcissists do. And he had, you know, the the cover, like we talked about this, the cover of the history album or all the paintings that are around him or he would have people paint him with image of other larger than life figures. And I mean, that says... A lot about how he felt about himself. And it's very clear to me. Even more than clear in this movie. That he had such a low self-esteem. And his self-esteem was so low. That he felt he had to hang out with kids. Like he cannot relate to adults in any way. Being abused as a child. Again being a survivor of abuse as a child. I'm not like. Hey I I think I'm going to hang out with kids today. So there's something.
1: But uh, okay, how- I want to mention something. I'm not sure if they address this in the documentary, but I think it's important to acknowledge that mm-hmm. Wade and Safechuck and a lot of other kids that went to Neverland, they were not there most of the time. 365 yes, so days I of, I of wanted, the uh, year.
0: Um, no, you're absolutely correct. I wanted to mention the Charles Thompson statement. I gotta find it. But yeah, like the claims that they were there all the time this can be countered with paper trails and documents and things like that michael did have a book people signed in and this is one of the things that was used against the prosecution they were like oh we were there all this time no 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 and they were like well okay you're not in the log because michael crosses t's and dotted his i's i mean in the video, the videos that they showed in the search, I mean, they showed like he had all this wiring and, and and all this stuff. So if he heard footsteps, you could. They they showed all of that during the trial. So again, they said nothing new in this movie. But yeah, you were like, oh, I was with him for a week, and this r- 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 really, really though. So this is from Charles Thompson and. Some of this stuff I have seen, so I can attest that what he's saying is accurate, and um, there were also pages written on Wade Robson's blog, which I saw to myself, so I wish I did make a screenshot, that he straight up wrote that he was not abused by Michael Jackson, and he was speaking for people who were, or something like that, and when people caught that he took it out things like that i'm sure so right
1: and this is this is enough for me to say you know just saying on a brief point that if it's been seen if someone has been caught in a lie as big as that where they wrote something about it and then they took it out because they didn't want themselves to seem as a liar because that would be the evidence enough like we see it you took it off you made it private because you knew that it would incriminate you if you know that about somebody i don't need to see a documentary i don't need to see you in it especially i mean obviously that's one of the reasons he brought along safe chuck because his story mm-hmm. is a bit more mild and there's not a lot of what a lot of people would say robson is very blunt and safe Chuck's is you know he's kind of he's subtle he's not really saying much nonverbal. uh he speaks more and to a lesser degree. But I mean, just the fact that someone can be calling a lie, they've been proven to lie continually having a having a movie, having a large platform like a movie on HBO where you're able to reach millions of people and you can distort that lie. You can dress it with a better dress than before. I mean, it's given people enough reason to believe you because they are not going to look at because you and then also Michael's not here. Michael's been dead for 10 years. Yeah. And he can't say nothing. Right. You know, he but can't then, say anything.
0: Michael has, li- Michael has lied several times on the Bashir program. So does that mean we shouldn't watch anything Michael says?
1: No. Not at all. I mean, you're right. Michael has lied, but to say he's but the lie like saying he actually did this to me sexually—that's not the same thing as Michael saying he changed this, how many times he had a surgery, or saying that he only had surgery once, or his or that Blanket's mother is black. You know, that's something that's personal. Huh? Who knows? Woo woo woo. But a mm-hmm. lie that's been suggesting of sexual assault. That's to me, that's that's the worst thing you can say about somebody. One of the worst things, because it's it's so much involved in that. And then again, he's alive. Who's who? Who would people rather believe the person who's been dead for 10 years who say I didn't do it? And then they're showing you clips and they're taking things out of context of someone who's actually alive. That said, yeah, he did it. And here's why. And here I'm going to show you why he did it. Most people are not going to do the research and to your point fans are going to go on the trope that oh well no he didn't do it he was acquitted and they're not going to even factor in the things the nuances are not going to be explored the nuances are very rarely seen
0: well this is why i think people should watch it because on both no
1: (laughs) that's like sam b should buy the record from the estate and see what the sound the the music uh be like i feel like that's sort of the same argument like by watching it Mm -hmm. Yes, you're going to get a more objective perspective in the sense that you're going to to be able to see the nuances or some things that you probably didn't ask yourself, but that doesn't help. You know, if anything, it just muddies the waters a bit. And then you're just kind of like, huh, well.
0: So my question to you, in what way would it muddy the water? From my perspective, it's going to people who vehemently defend Michael when they see this.
1: They're making a profit from these views. I mean, okay, you, unless you do it,
0: I, I didn't. I didn't pay for this. I this is however I, I signed up to the thing and I'm it's like the free trial and I'm gonna cut it off. I didn't pay right. for this. Right.
1: So. But they they offer free trials to you know HBO. Yeah, so like, and,
0: they're not like I'm not giving them money for this, but I think what's gonna happen. I I think a big fear, and some people have noted this who are fans like their fear. And why they did watch it was that he was a pedophile. Like my hope, even uh, was it was uh, Michael Trapson said this, and I think his overview of it was one of the best. And I think he was, he was one of the most rational people. But he said, you know, I came into it hoping that he wouldn't do anything, but it was a big fear as I was watching it. And I think people who are fervent fans Yo, and this isn't everybody, obviously. But I think for some fans, there's this overarching fear, like, did he do it? I, I don't even want to know. I came into it, again, doing the homework on stuff. So I'm just like, I don't eh, I I don't see any evidence of it. I just want to see, you know, based on what Corey Feldman said and based on all this other stuff. And if I'm going to have an opinion on it, I, I got to see it. So I, I think people who are addressing the claims need to see it. I'll be even more specific with that. People who are like, I'm not gonna see it because I think he's lying. I think they have every prerogative to not watch it. But if you're gonna talk about specific things in the film and you don't watch it, then no. You, What are you talking about? If you're gonna have journalistic integrity and you're gonna talk about how bad this film is and have nothing to really counter it, what are you doing?
1: Right. Well, if you're going to say that you're not going to watch it, then you need to provide the reasons why you need to actually acknowledge that you're aware of the case and that these two people in particular are proven liars. I mean, that's the angle I'm coming from. I've done my research enough in it to where I don't see the point in watching something that I know is going to be tailored to be a great deception. You know, that's giving them the power that's actually saying, you know what, let me see what you got. I can kind of see it from ahead because I've done the research and I know a couple other people who have. And if you see it from that angle, you know that people will go through extreme measures to get profit and to have people on their side, especially if they're a sociopath. They'll do anything to embarrass the situation, to distort the situation, to really make it seem as if they're telling the truth. And it takes it a stronger tale when you're dealing with someone who's not a liar. And then also someone who has clearly exhibited suspicions in the American public, especially where people are like, ah, Michael's weird, blah, 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 which everyone is able to have their own opinions about the matter. But I feel like giving them a platform, like just saying, you know what, let me watch this for those who are aware. I mean, again, if you don't know and you're absolutely right, there are fans, I believe, who may think, I don't know. Did he do it? I had so many people who I haven't talked to in a while. You know, reach out to me and say, you know, what do you think about this documentary? I'm a fan, but, you know, I it's just weird, blah, blah, blah. So there are obviously people who love and respect Michael that also want to know, well, let's see what this can be. Because even people who are long-term hardcore fans, they're still not, all of them are still not aware of the trial. They just Mm -hmm. believe for whatever reason he didn't do it. And that's enough for some people, just like there are people to believe he did it. And that's enough for some people. They don't have to have a they don't have to, you know, rest on any evidence or anything. They can just rest on their intuition, their mind, the way their brains make sense of reality. They'll say for like OJ, it's the same with OJ, it's the same with any trial or case. People will say, "Ah, eh, he could have did it or ah, I don't know or yeah, he didn't do it." That's just kind of, you know, very few people are going to take it to task. And then if you have enablers like people of power such as Oprah and Gail to amplify that even more. So people are definitely going to say, yeah, why wouldn't we believe them? Someone like John Legend or CR or anyone famous, because <laughs> then you have people who you like mm-hmm. saying that you trust, you don't even trust Michael. You don't even, you know, from him, it's like, Oh, that's just his music. But this person may be better qualified to say whether or not he did it. So I'm gonna believe that person. Mm-hmm. And that's the most upsetting Is that culturally we are not equipped enough to do our own research. We're not, we don't rely on ourselves to do the work. We want other people to do the work. And when the work is biased, or if we even see our own biases, we don't even interrogate ourselves enough to see how we can fix that. We just accept them or blindly, you know, go according to whatever sentence comes next. And that's what's I think the most troubling for me is that this thing has hit me on such an emotional level because I'm seeing all of the sides. I can see why people just choose not to say anything, because it almost makes it seem as if for anyone who has a doubt or a suspicion that that suspicion means guilt because I think it's weird, then it must be weird or, or because it looks weird or because it's inappropriate even because it's not something I understand because I have no idea what it would be like to be the world's most famous person. And what that what how my reactions would be. There's no clear reason, you know, there's no it's not like nothing is written in stone about how someone is supposed to act in any situation that they're in. It doesn't justify the outcome of that situation, but it does put the burden on the investigator or for anyone interested in knowing the truth. You need to really see yourself in the same similar variables. You can't say what you would do. No one can say anything about anything usually. We only go off of what is suggested. But we also know if the suggestions can be manipulated and distorted, then your brain is just going to be like, ah, at what point, what's more convenient? It's more convenient for me to say, I'd rather believe the abusers or the accusers or, the, or believe the ones, the victims, believe anyone that makes the most sense to the scenario. And so, but, you there's, there's
0: there's something you said. And it it related to self-examination. And I think that
1: is
0: a a huge reason why a lot of fans wouldn't watch it. I'm not talking about people like you who did research. It goes to that, did he do it? And this didn't work with the Bashir thing so much. But I think with this, it would be more powerful. And people would look at Michael in a more visceral way. Even fans. You cannot deny that his relationship with children was inappropriate. And anybody who, if they watch this, defends that, like, I don't even know what to tell you. (laughs) So I think people will be like, wow, he, ooh, like, uh," you know, even if you didn't believe or think he did anything in terms of abuse, I think it will have people questioning their relationship to Michael Jackson. Wow, he really was a sick individual or something. And I think a lot of people are afraid to face that. I've already, in my mind, was like he needs help. So I already came with that perspective. Like yeah. I, I'm t- I didn't well, even. You,
1: well, coming from it. a place of non-idol worship helps you yes, cause sure. by a greater <laughs> deal. But like even coming to the realization that something is inappropriate, you see, yeah. how do you deal with what's inappropriate, or how do you understand something that's inappropriate? Mm-hmm. Because nothing by nature is just inappropriate. There's a pathology to it. You know, there's a reasoning as to why. On some psychological perspective It's justified Of at least explaining why it happened So it's one thing saying You know what Michael's relationship with children Was inappropriate It's another thing saying It was inappropriate Because more than likely He suffered from an inability To cope with his reality Because he was the world's Most famous person And yeah It's a good point to also mention The narcissism I mean To some level There was narcissism And even when people talk about narcissism They don't even understand the layers. There's so many levels of narcissism. Oh, no, people don't. (laughs) No, so they hear that and they say, oh, you're saying he's like Donald Trump? That's what most people would say when they heard Mm -hmm. what I just said. Oh, so are you suggesting Michael Jackson was like Donald Trump? No, Donald Trump is one level of narcissism. But there are so many levels of narcissism and some of that is not even something you, you basically create. It's just given to you from genetics sometimes in some cases. So, I mean... A lot of it is not really as, I mean, this is a whole new, if anything, from the case with Michael Jackson and any public figure, I think there should be studies about, you know, just the psychological reactions to different situations you're in, because it would explain a great deal why it seems whatever way it is.
0: And I don't think it's going to get done. And I was going to ask you, do you think after this? do you think there will be a documentary focused on the psychology of Michael Jackson?
1: I, I That would I, be, that's a pipe dream. <laughs> I mean, I would love it. If I had the money, I would invest in something like that. Uh, only in the sense that it would be such a great advantage to people who are going in it objectively. I mean, we, we do need to dissect his psychology because he's not like any of us. And that's not to say, he was greater or better but Mm -hmm. when you have a situation where you're the most famous person in the world you were traumatized you were abused you didn't have the you couldn't do what most people could do that definitely gives some sort of explanation now Mm -hmm. for anything it's not to say because you're right he was still a great marketer he still on some level was aware of the impact he had he Mm -hmm. still knew that whatever he did people will look at it and they would make their opinions of it. But that still doesn't justify why the media took the event. I mean, obviously they went along with it because they got a lot of profit out of it. They made a lot of money making tabloids out of him. They made a lot of money out of that. That's another aspect people should consider. You know, it wasn't just that, I mean, on some level, Michael may have seemed to be just this complainer. Cause he would, he mentioned that a lot. Like, Oh, I want my privacy. You know, mm-hmm. this is wrong. What you're doing. You're following me. He made so many songs about him being attacked and, mm-hmm the truth is the media did attack him but they would attack anything that could make a profit but he was the perfect specimen of attack because he fitted every you know oh he's hanging out with a monkey elizabeth taylor you know skin change what the hell like they didn't know what to and then when you take into consideration his love for children Mm -hmm. and them making that nasty and sick and vile it just you know it the thing is, <laughs> it makes sense this is, that is
0: it is biggest, like, The fine line of this conversation, though, because I, I'm going to keep saying it. He needed help and he used those kids to deal with his trauma. That is sickness. Like, we can't, I'm not rationalizing that. I don't No, know.
1: no, it's sickness, but the sickness is not sickness of its own, you know, life. It, there's a pathology that it's connected to. You know, Mm -hmm. the sickness just, you know, it's like if you have a cold, if you wake up one morning, you don't just wake up one morning and have a cold. Not Mm -hmm. usually. There's something you did that contributed to that. So Mm -hmm. the sickness that he had in relationship to children. Yeah, it's inappropriate. But there's a reason why it exists. There's a reason why he hung around people who also were raised as a child in the business, like Elizabeth Taylor and all these other people um, that just had lives similar to his. You know, on some level, the sickness is explained. And it doesn't justify it. It doesn't say I mean, because obviously he could have dealt with it better. He could have healed properly. But that's you know, this conversation then goes into how people heal when they deal with trauma. Yeah. How do yeah. we heal? You know, yeah. some people, you know, overcompensate by using people based off of the joy that they get from them. Mm-hmm. That's wrong on some level, but there's no more wrong than the, the many other ways we do the same thing. I mean. We don't really talk about how we deal with trauma. I mean, people silence. them There are some people who go through things who don't say anything and we would never know because they just. And, you know, so when people say, oh, it's good that you talk, I agree with that on some level. But then on another level, I'm not encouraging people to say anything if they don't feel like it would help them. Mm-hmm. There are a lot of people who don't say they just let it happen. You'll never know. That's not to justify. Maybe they should talk about it. You know, it, it's an individual choice to make but you know like we all sick and the ways we heal our sickness is the most important and michael is a perfect example of how someone with that amount of access that amount of popularity was easily able to be distorted manipulated but also he trying to play in it trying to you know gain some sort of control he saw the loss in some sense because people you know it crumbled up you see the video of him holding hands with a the child, there's okay. nothing, you know, people, especially now, even especially now, people mm-hmm. are going to be like, ah.
0: Mm-hmm. So. But there's a certain point, and this is where the narcissism comes in because Artelli does the same thing. I was like, oh, I see that's terrible. Michael Jackson does it, people rationalize it, excuses. Always blaming the media for everything. He was in cahoots with the media. And then when it wasn't going his way, that's when he started blaming the media. And you see somebody like Prince who took charge of that. He was like, y'all ain't going to manipulate stuff in my favor. And he kind of just like backed off and made plans or whatever. Michael, he was so he was always manipulating stuff and then made excuses for why it didn't work in his favor. And that is where the narcissism comes in. So we can't always be like, well, the media, the media, the media, he didn't have a childhood. Like, we gotta stop doing that. We gotta stop doing that because when are we gonna say it's Michael Jackson? When are we gonna say that? Like, everything is around Michael Jackson, but we never point to Michael Jackson actually being the arbiter of his own problems. And this is, to me what the film is saying is just like, okay, he took these kids. He used these kids for his trauma. They went away. Then he got another kid because, well, and I think that's the the huge crux of it. It's just like, oh, these kids are growing they're going away, which means they're going to have their own mind, which means they're going to be autonomous in some way. I need someone else I can manipulate a situation I can manipulate. And that's ultimately what it was about. And he's always trying to manipulate a situation in his favor. So when he's saying, I always get what I want, that's exactly what that means. When somebody says that, it's like, I'm going to manipulate the situation in my favor. When are we going to start saying Michael Jackson's manipulating situations? And when he doesn't get in his way, he starts crying. He has an outburst. He blames somebody else.
1: Like, we but could that also be, and I, I think that's a valid point. And I think that's a common position held about people with power. And Michael had a lot of power because he had a lot of money and access. I don't think there's very few examples of people with power and access when they don't get what they want. Mm -hmm. It's just it just usually doesn't work like that. If you have that kind of money and that's the same for any artist, I would say Mm -hmm. any artist, if they want something and if you can't provide it, they're going to get it. They don't need you. Right now, that makes a point more so not only about the character of an, individual, of an individual but again their surroundings and their positions to power and most people again if they had the power to get what they wanted and something stood in their way of getting what they wanted they will fire that person or hire someone who could get them what they that's wanted what he did. yes that's exactly what he did prince did it too yeah, mention I mentioned him because he did it a lot. James Brown, Nina Simone, I, I, Janet, any any artist who has money, like, you know, it's so much easier to say, you know what? If you can't do it, I'll find somebody that can. Bye. Now, yes. that says something about power and money, character yes. too. But I feel like I don't I don't know really any <laughs> anybody who has that kind of power who wasn't able to do that. So it, it doesn't make Michael any special. It makes him more likely Not to do all. it. Not at all.
0: Not at all. I wanted to um, read this and then talk a little bit about what was omitted. There was a huge thing that was omitted. And maybe I'll say that first, actually. So the fact that uh, Wade Robson dated Brandy Jackson for, what, seven to ten years or something, that was not in the movie. And the fact that he (laughs) broke up Britney Spears and Justin Timberlake was not in the movie. And it it was all and and he said, uh, well... Oh, uh, Michael kept calling me and he wanted to know what Britney Spears was like. Was she sexy? Whatever. I'm like, doesn't that contradict your thing that he hated women? Like, what's, And he, he wanted to know about my sexual life and all of this. Which taught, he told Wade Robson, gave it away that he was dating Britney Spears right there. That's I mean. Like people talk and they don't know what they're saying. So, right there, why why would Michael Jackson want to know from Wade Robson what his sexual life was in relation to Britney Spears if Wade Robson didn't tell him they were dating? Which means Britney Spears was cheating on Justin Timberlake with him. So that kind of stuff they omitted because Dan Reed was not interested in getting that part of the story. It was like, oh, I I saw. You know, you were suing the estate. I, I want to get that angle. Like, tell me that. But is the power of a mission. And a lot of people who haven't been following Justin Timberlake or Wade Robson, like, they don't know that stuff. Brandi Jackson was just like, yo, hold up. Uh, my uncle introduced Wade Robson to me and we were dating. And she actually was uh, uh, interviewed by Tariq Nasheed, who I'm not a fan of but she was in a band, and talked about that, and Brandy Jackson went on other platforms to talk about that way before this documentary. That was left out on purpose. So <laughs> Wade Robson, the dance community has been coming out in full force, being like Wade Robson is a liar. Like he actually ha- targets young girls, and he's homophobic, and. You know, he, so they have been coming out and being like, that dude's creepy, like he's like, so, you know, you can find all of this stuff, easy to find, find people in the dance community, find Brandy Jackson, find folks. There's a scene where James saved Chuck, and his mother at the beginning is just like, she tries to call him James, she's just like, Jimmy, (laughs) Jimmy's, (laughs) Jimmy's mother, and so he has this box of rings that Michael gave him. And, he, and and at the end he's like I can't look at these I can't look at this jewelry and he closes the box I'm like okay if you were having money troubles which is one thing that was the claim why didn't you sell the rings one of them was a Rolex the if you can't look at them just sell them like i I'm, why are they keeping these uh items like the moment if he was you know saw Wade Robson It was like oh he did those things to me immediately sell that stuff why are you holding on to it and showing it in the movie like you could have just said he gave me these rings but you still have them like i'm just trying to figure out the psychology of those people i've also been in abusive relationships i understand the grooming technique Uh, grooming techniques happen in abusive relationships all the time you are taken away from people you love i've been there so uh, but you're not like, oh, I have this. Rel- I-, I don't know. Just my perspective. Like, I have this relic. When I found out I was abused, I'm just gonna totally keep it because I'm still in love. I I don't know. I'm sure, for some people that happened, it's just weird to me that you're like, I can't look at it, and you're totally holding on to scrap like.
1: Especially I- seeing as he's already sold a lot of his stuff for eighty nine thousand dollars from doing no, auctions. No, I'm safe
0: Chuck right now. So safe Chuck oh, okay. had rings. And so he was talking about how they had this mock wedding ceremony and vows and everything. And he's showing the rings and would say. Yeah, exactly. That's bullshit. Uh, But I mean, why isn't. No, but there's footage of them going in the jewelry store. Like there is actual footage. And so. Wedding rings? Yeah, there's there. They have foot like video footage of them going to jewelry store. So that stuff I do believe. But my thing I'm going to maintain. I'm going to read this. Michael bought people's love. To me, that is the gist of this whole story that no one is touching. And I'll got like actually I can count two people who have mentioned this thing to me. No one is talking, like usually when anything is Michael Jackson related, people I get texts, I get emails, like, oh, have you seen nobody except for two people have said anything to me. I guess you're three. But yeah, it's kind of weird. So there's two things. Either people think that he did something and don't want to talk to me about it because they'll think I'll be mad or they think she thinks he did something and we don't like I don't know why pe- people haven't even talked to me about this at all and I find that highly interesting and I know you say people were talking to you about nobody's talking to you about it except for you and two
1: other people right well, no one is now, talking about the fact that he he purchased a lot of things with people in exchange for
0: something that's what he did like we talked about Elizabeth Taylor we talked about, like, Brooke Shields, he brought her that big rock. He buys people's love. I do not think Michael Jackson had friends. I do not think, you could say Diana Ross maybe, but I don't think the man had any friends, which is why he gravitated towards kids, because he could manipulate the situation in his favor. Adults hold him accountable. People hold him accountable, he throws away. this. He had a major low self-esteem. Kids, he gravitated towards kids who were already fans of him. Or Safe Chuck, he was like, I wasn't really a fan, but but he manipulated the situation in his favor, where Safe Chuck is not like, ooh, Michael Jackson, and that's the thing. People are like, well, why didn't he um, touch Macaulay Culkin or Corey Feldman? They were high profile people. If Michael Jackson touched up, do you understand like how the ramifications of that? The people who have accused Michael Jackson of Touching them were in troubled families, like his own family. Like, this is who we gravitate towards. Even Corey Feldman, Collie Culkin, they had troubled families. Elizabeth Taylor. So he gravitated towards people who were troubled, who were isolated. And he could manipulate that situation. This is the stuff we need to address. Again, I'm not saying he's a pedophile. I do not see evidence. But we got to keep it real that the man was troubled. He was struggling. This is how he enacted his struggle. And it was very problematic. He's a very problematic person. And we've talked about this before. He would buy people things in order to keep them in his life. How do we not see that this is a problem? This is a pattern that he has shown for years. That whole thing when he's in the car at Brookshield and she's on the ring. And he's like basically grabbing her arm. And the way it looks, it looks forceful. It's like show them your show them your ring, show them what I bought you, and that's what it looks like. That does, in a lot of ways, manifest itself as abuse. Like it may not be like um, yeah, I'm hitting you or whatever, but it is, it is in a way very manipulative, abusive behavior, and we have to talk about that. We can't be like well, he wouldn't hurt like that. Uh, again, anybody. Who has survived abuse has the potential and the capacity to hurt people. The thing that also gave it away to me, Wade Robson, was not being fully honest. Uh, Oprah Winfrey asked him, asked both of them about their mothers uh, watching the film. I, I at this point refused to call it a documentary. <laughs> uh, Safe Chuck was like, well... She did watch it. I was numb watching it when we were watching the really hard scenes. And, uh, you know, I just tuned out or whatever. Robson says, (sighs) (laughs) he said, well, my mother didn't want to watch the scenes where they were describing all the stuff going on. So she asked Dan Reed to fast forward those parts. But what he said was, I wish she was further along in her capability. Why would you say that about your mother? And to me, that showed to me it was clear because she's also said, yeah, that stuff didn't happen. But now you have this film where they're like it happened. But it's like he's trying to force his mother to be on this side. And I don't think, ooh, just how it sounded to me from my perspective. I'm trying to get my mother to come to my side so she could be more convinced this happened. But she's like, no, I don't want to see that. I don't want to. So when he says. I wish she was further along in her capability. I wish she would have seen the graphic parts because I just need her to be there. It was just some stuff they said was like, ugh. So with um, what Charles Thompson said, he's talking about the lawsuit. Uh, it says both men have repeatedly changed their stories, frequently telling directly contradictory versions of the same supposed events. For example, Wade Robson has told at least four directly contradictory stories about the first time Jackson supposedly abused him. In the lawsuit, Robson was caught lying under oath so gravely that the judge threw out his entire witness statement and said no rational juror could ever believe his account. Between 2012 and 2014, Robson wrote two drafts of an abuse memoir and tried unsuccessfully to sell them to publishers. Before, I, got, I really think that Robson was thinking of the manuscript in his head As he was talking, describing what happened to him, you're talking about your book. That's that's what I was thinking when I saw it. So Thompson says, meanwhile, he lied under oath and said he never discussed his allegations with anyone except his lawyers. When the Jackson estate discovered he'd actually been shopping books, the court ordered him to produce the drafts as evidence. They revealed the story of his abuse had changed significantly from one draft to the next. Robson was also ordered to release his emails as evidence. He breached the order repeatedly, first by claiming they didn't exist, then by simply refusing to hand them over. He then redacted all the emails between himself and his family members and cited attorney-client privilege, even though none of his family are attorneys. When he eventually complied with the court order and released the emails, they revealed that at the time he was constructing his lawsuit and abuse memoir, he was researching and emailing himself links to old tabloid newspaper stories about abuse allegations against Michael Jackson. I also sensed that when I was seeing this movie. Uh, the email showed Robson found one particular story in the early 1990s, which specifically named me in the journal. He emailed it to his mother and asked whether it was true. She replied, Wow, none of that is true. He then included it in his story anyway, which is why I think she didn't want to see those parts. Emails also revealed that throughout 2011 and 12, Robson was lobbying Jackson's estate for a job directing, choreographing an official Michael Jackson tribute show in Las Vegas. They did not really touch that in the movie, of course. His campaign to secure this role had included sending emails explaining that this amazing friendship with Jackson meant nobody was better qualified for the role than he was, and he was devoted to doing the best job he possibly could for Michael. After being told someone else had got the job, he suddenly claimed he'd been abused and filed a creditor's claim against the estate for millions of dollars. Months later, according to Safechuck, he flipped on the TV and saw Wade Robson being interviewed about his lawsuit. In that moment, Safechuck suddenly remembered that he had been abused by Jackson as, as well, so decided to join the lawsuit. He didn't mention that this stupidity coincided exactly with his inheritance circling the drain after a relative died and the surviving siblings started suing each other, including him, control of the family business. He did mention the family business at the beginning of the movie. Uh, Boltzmann says, for example, Jimmy safety claims under oath in the lawsuit that he remembered Jackson had abused him in 2013 when he turned on the TV and saw Robbins. Yet in the TV show and interviews promoting it, he claims he knew he'd been abused in 2005 and thus, when asked to testify for Jackson's defense towards the end of the trial, he refused to do so. Safechuck was never asked to testify for Jackson's defense. The judge ruled long before the trial began that testimony could only be heard about certain children, and Safechuck was not one of them. All testimony about Safechuck was literally banned from the courtroom. So Jackson's defense cannot have asked him to testify, and certainly not after the trial was already underway. So that's a part of Charles Thompson's statement, and some of the yet again, I have seen some of the stuff and it can be corroborated. So, uh, my only advice is to, if you choose to watch, do a research on both sides before you watch it. Either way, I think, yeah, most people are coming into it already with an opinion of what they think of the subjects of the movie. Um, some people don't know who they are and are swayed by their stories, there's a lot, there's a power of remission in both parts of that movie, I named a couple of them, but yeah, do, do due diligence, it's not like, oh, everybody who accuses somebody or something, you have to do research on them, that's not the case, but there is a history behind these folks, before the documentary came out, the fact that he had a GoFundMe or website called the, the Robson Family Foundation and quickly changed the name when people were like, what's up? I mean, just things like that. You have to, you have to follow the patterns of folks. And that is also following the patterns of Michael. I maintain, uh, I really don't think he sexually abused children. I think he had major issues, though. He needed help. Childhood trauma sits with you for decades if you don't get help. And um, I, the reason why I also watch this is, again, being a survivor of uh, assault, childhood narcissistic abuse, child, child abuse in general. I just really wanted to to have an oh, as open mind as possible. I didn't go into too with an open mind. But it really did confirm a lot of things for me that I already saw uh, about everyone involved. I just grew up in a very similar familial situation as Michael. I knew that if I didn't get help or if I didn't uh, resolve a lot of issues in my life, I probably would end up in, in a similar position as him. So I really also wanted to confirm that for myself. And it's one of the reasons I do consider Michael to be my life's teacher for that very reason. I cannot say I'm a fan. I never (laughs) have said that. But I will continue to be a supporter of Michael Jackson. I know it doesn't sound that way, but I think you can support people and still critique them. This is not necessarily to 100% support everything someone does. I think Michael Jackson didn't get enough of that because he pushed people away who attempted to do that. And that's a major problem. I think um, anyone who is going through stuff, hopefully you have people you can talk to that you have, uh, if not family members, good friends you can talk to, friends you can cry to. If you need to, call a hotline, whatever. Just please get help if you are open enough to um, receive that. Yeah, I, I... the film was incredibly disturbing on minions. Um, the Oprah interview, I'm like, I, I, I think the, the Oprah interview was just a, a lesson in how to do manipulative interviewing. Oprah Winfrey definitely, she did a lot of projection and she prefaced questions in order to manipulate the answer. So it's, that's nothing new. Like, that's what people do in order to get a particular viewpoint or sympathetic thoughts or whatever so if not there's nothing new but but Oprah Winfrey is a master at it and I think yeah she did ask a few countering questions which I was like okay but how the whole thing is framed and then they kept showing Tarana Burke who is the founder of the Me Too movement a lot of people were being like ah oh, Me Too yeah like whatever now see everything and so Tarana Burke it was very clear they showed her on purpose they showed, like, it's the camera work was manipulative. They had the actor, Anthony Edwards. They had a, a psychologist there. I mean, it was, like, everything about it was manipulative. I was paying attention to the responses of uh, Robson and Safe Chuck. And if we're going to do body language techniques, I really, I want to see if there's body language um, techniques for that particular interview. Because when she asked do you think you would still do this if Michael Jackson was here and just, Oh, just the looks on. Uh, so I, I don't know. What do you have to say? Jesse?
1: <laughs> well, I'm, um, I'm not saying that I'm going to watch the documentary because I still don't know if I will, but I do think people should always have an objective view You know, it's just the classic example of if you see somebody lying, if you know, if you have evidence that can support that lie, are you going to follow them to the store anyway? Are you going to still go with them and see if they are going to go or not? You know, and um, I just think I prefer a psychological explanation. Like I prefer I think people should read more into psychology they should look into the background they should understand the dynamics why something is you know because the easy part is defining what something is like if you're hurt like if you hit your toe you're gonna say ouch right <laughs> but after that ouch is what matters so are you going to move the bed frame are you going to walk differently are you not going to rush you know they're, they're those are the kind of questions i um i think asking is important. When you can acknowledge something as weird, when you can acknowledge something as inappropriate, what steps do you go to understand how that could be avoided, you know, or how it could be, uh, dealt with. Um, so I guess that's all I can say. Um, this whole thing has been very emotional, very, uh, just confrontational in a lot of ways, because it kind of forces you to look at what you probably didn't want to look at which is good to some degree but um it's also one of those things that you can sort of see and usually when you see something you know this is not like a um, volcano you know volcanoes you get some sort of notice but not really you know this is more like a hurricane uh, we this was clear it, it makes sense why this happened so in the way it didn't blindside me but for a lot of people, you know, it did sign them. I and mean, maybe that was good. Maybe they needed to see this sort of thing happen. It's kind of like with Donald Trump, you know, like for anything that is, you can say, oh, it shouldn't be, but it is. And so what do we do about it now? You know, how far are we going to go to be objective? And I hope we go further than we go than to just blindly accept it. Um, because like we say in this podcast, just because something is weird, just because We love Michael and we're supporters. It doesn't mean we can't criticize or point out the things that are wrong, or things that just look suspicious or inappropriate or whatever it is. I mean, that's we're we're all humans. Michael's no god. Even as he had more variables to his uh, disposition than us, because he has so many things going at once, he's still accountable to how you know people looked at him and. What they experience, it just happens in his favor. It happens to be in his favor that all of the children, even though he obviously got something from them and he would give them things in return, none of them claim he abused them. Mm-hmm. He, much like anyone else, as I mentioned, who has that kind of access and money, usually will use that access and money to wield the better advantage of themselves at the expense of the other person. It doesn't make it necessarily about the person's moral character as it does equally about the access and power and what that does to an individual. And we see it time and time after again. You know, if a family member dies and someone has more money than they, what happens? People go crazy. They yeah. sue, they get greedy, and you know, they'll do whatever they need to do. So if you got that kind of power and access, it don't matter. It don't matter. It really does not matter. They will do what they can do to to get what they want. So I end with love, though. Love and objectivity Absolutely. and making informed decisions. <laughs> That's what we end with.
0: Especially <laughs> about something of this nature is really crucial. This is, some people say the age of Aquarius. This is the age where a lot of is. people are getting yeah. exposed. So it's important for us to Make informed decisions. Do as much research as possible. Not act preemptively or be reactionary uh, when there's sufficient evidence for particular individuals. Are <clears throat> Kelly? Then okay. But when there's you know people just going left and right, being like you did this, is, like we have to really look at the situation, uh, particularly something of this nature as insidious as child abuse. Of child abuse is no joke it's nothing to play games with again i am a survivor of child abuse and I, I don't play with that which is why i took this subject very seriously and any subject i am going to believe the the person who said that but then when there's evidence coming out that it's like wait a minute then i'm gonna take that seriously as well and this is exactly what has happened there was also a clip where michael was looking at hitler i I really think the photo it was like on a screen of hit i'm like see and then and then there were interviews michael gave where he was like if i met hitler i would talk to him and so it's just like really framing michael in this not well in the head i mean that is how they were framing michael and although i do think he was a person who had a sickness it wasn't in the way that they were framing it. So it's clearly, that's what film does. It, it gives you a, a protagonist and an antagonist. And Michael was the antagonist in this case. It's, it's a perfect Hollywood setting. And we have to understand, if we loved Michael, uh, we have to understand those nuances. And if there was absolute proof he did the things that they said, yes, we have to be like... I can't support you anymore. Absolutely, I have no problem. We had that discussion. I have no problem throwing away my records like Wade Robson did at the end of part two. I have no problem having a bonfire and being like, wait, I'm going to burn all my dolls. and I have no problem with that. I, I just don't see evidence of that given what I saw from all of this. And it's really sad it had to come to this point. At the same time, the positive of it, since we have to look at dialectically, the positive is that we understand that Michael Jackson had a problem and it is a reflection on ourselves as well. So how can we heal? How can we heal within our families? How can we heal within ourselves? And that's why I look at Michael as a teacher, because it is a reflection of society, how Michael was. It is a reflection of how we view ourselves and view celebrity and view uh, popular culture in and of itself. Like, we have to do a self-examination, and I think that is the positive aspect that came out of all of this. But we need to make informed decisions. I think that's just we just have to end every show like that, make informed decisions, because, <laughs> because it's just people aren't doing that. It was just reactionary and being like, he didn't do it. Yes, he did do it. It's like, okay, but what evidence do you have that he did or did not? Like, are you just going on people's words, or do you actually have sufficient evidence. Like we can't play with that. Uh, what what was the during the trial said on behalf of humanity we're sorry, Michael? <laughs> I'm like, okay. But um I I'm I am gonna say I am sorry that he never got the help that he got. And that he chose not to get the help that he needed. I'm gonna, I'm gonna end on that. And I am saying that with love as well. So uh, I, this was a really, might have been a contentious show for some people hearing it. Might have been a painful thing to hear. But we do hope you got something positive out of it. If you have any questions, comments, if you want to be like, you yes suck, it would be like, that was great. Let us know. We're going to write the, the description and have all that stuff, ways to contact us. But um, yeah, we are definitely doing this with love, but also humanity and nobody's perfect and we have to look at the man in the mirror pun intended (laughs)
1: yes
0: (laughs) have a good day